All right, it's an absolutely gorgeous Optimism Wednesday here. We're going to talk about Shaquille Leonard, and we're going to try to be optimistic about him. We'll talk about Jonathan Taylor. A little bit easier to be optimistic about Jonathan Taylor, and optimistic yet again about Ryan Kelly. We heard from all of those guys, plus all the coordinators for the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to talk about Will Levis. I'm trying to find a reason to be optimistic about Will Levis, and I'm having some trouble, so I'm going to turn to the R-Lads Scouting Services uh, Draft Guide for 2023, see what good there is in there about Will Levis, see what maybe there isn't so good about Will Levis, but we're going to let them decide because, you know what, maybe maybe I'm just not seeing things right. You know, I, I see a guy... Who, who does not project, in my mind, to being a really good NFL quarterback. We'll leave it up to the scouts. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Draymond Green, too. Uh, Dan Dockich and I did a Two Big Brains today. T-W-O, not T-O-O. Our brains are not too big. They can't be big enough. Our heads, big. Brains, big. Bigger the brain, better the thoughts. We all know that, but we did one of those today, and Dan and I disagreed on Draymond Green, and so I'm going to talk about that. I'm all for anything that makes the NBA playoffs interesting. Dan thinks that Draymond Green is an embarrassment to the game, the Warriors, and the NBA at large, and thinks that the suspension wasn't long enough. We'll talk about that. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, an Optimism Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give Jared Johnson a call and have him fix your pipes. You got leaky pipes, he's going to fix them. I'm not talking about biologically, I'm talking about your home. All right? He's not a urologist, for God's sake. He's a plumber. Let's get that straight. Uh, 765-610-8809 is the number. Hit that subscribe button, baby, and hit the like button. Ring the bell so you get an alert every time we go live or I post a video, and videos will be posted with Shaquille Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, Ryan Kelly, Gus Bradley, and Jim Bob Cooter coming up over the next several days. We don't dump them all at once because you people have things to do. So we pulse them out a little bit. Let's talk about Shaq Leonard because what he had to say and the tone with which he said it I thought was really, really interesting. The, the headline was he's not running yet. That's not good. He wants to play football, and mid-April, he's not running. He feels like a failure, standing on the sideline, like cheering guys up, trying to be kind of a coach for him. He's trying to figure out what he can do to help them play better while knowing that he has it in him to play well himself, and it drives him a little bit nuts. When he was asked by Kevin Bowen uh, about the possibility of retirement, Shaquille Leonard bristled. And I think that bristled is a kind way of putting it. He did not like the question because what he said the last time that conversation was had, uh, the result was not good. And people thought that when he said, "I because of the rehab and because of the pain, I'm losing my love for the game of football, people took that to mean he didn't love football anymore and he just doesn't want to play. That's not what he meant. He does take things a little bit personally, takes questions a little bit personally. He should get off Twitter immediately, immediately. Some people are just not born to read criticisms of them 
even uninformed criticism is taken personally by Shaquille Leonard. That's not a good thing. But a guy who's not running at this point and is trying his best to somehow feel like he can be a part of this team, it just didn't sound positive to me. I don't know what the disposition of Shaquille Leonard is going to be in 2023 and beyond, but when he left the room today, I didn't feel good about his ability to play at a high level. And he said when he came back last year, he shouldn't have. It was the most selfish thing that he did and has done since the injury and the surgeries, and that's choosing to play rather than sit. He said on film, he looked slow. In games, on in, in practice film, he looked slow too. Yes, he looked slow because he was slow. He was way too slow to play in the NFL, realized it, shut it all down. Um, I hope that he's able to play. He is such a good dude and such a well-meaning guy and so honest. It, people who are squirrely with Shaquille Leonard, they ought to tap the brakes a little bit and understand what kind of a man this is, and it's a good man. Jonathan Taylor, more positive information, although it sounded like he wouldn't be good to go now if he was uh, if the Colts had games. It just didn't sound like that as he was talking about his rehabilitation from injuries and from surgery. We'll see what happens with Jonathan Taylor. He was kind of funny. Said that, you know, everybody sort of needed the reboot and and he needs the reboot. And that uh, what he's going to spend a lot of time doing, he believes, is watching Michael Pittman celebrate touchdowns that uh, Shane Steichen calls and that somebody's going to throw. Shane Steichen is going to throw the football, and he's going to throw it vertically. That's what's going to happen. You need to recognize also that the Eagles were a very good running team this last year, and and Miles Sanders had a really good year. Jalen Hurts had a really good year. Depending on who the Colts draft, you know what? The running game is going to be a big part of this successful, we hope, recipe. Got to be able to run the football if you got a guy like Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. That's got to be a part of the deal. You know, it's it's not just throwing the ball. At any rate, Ryan Kelly also spoke to the media. And he kind of had his sense of humor back, which was nice. He was talking about a golf event that's ongoing at the Colts Complex. They've got a little like a par three course, a mini par three course in the front lawn of the Colts practice facility. And and so one member of each position group went out and it was the closest to the pin type deal. Uh, But Ryan Kelly said that after looking at the tape, a lot of looking at the tape, what he realized and what the offensive line realized, as well as the new offensive line coach, what they realized is that it's a communication issue that caused problems, not necessarily the quality of the offensive lineman. Now, whether it's communication or guys can't block or whatever, the result was the same. But it does project a little bit better to uh, say, you know what, we can still block. Not being able to block is a problem. That, that's tough to overcome as an offensive line. But being uh, challenged in the way you communicate with one another, that's something that can be corrected. And so we hope that that's what's going to happen, that they get that corrected and the offensive line plays well and together again. Uh, but Ryan Kelly was, was funny and talked about, again, 
the need to get away from the game for a while because last year was such a miserable excursion through chaos that, uh, you know, he didn't even want to talk to his family about it. And he knew that it drove his family crazy because they wanted to ask about it. But he needed to get away from it and didn't even want to talk to them about it. Gus Bradley said that he's very, very happy that Shane Steichen was hired. And he's got a relationship with Shane Steichen that goes back to their days together with the Chargers. Their wives get along very well. He's very happy that Shane Steichen is a coach. And you know what? It's just like the NFL, where they were going to go through this process, figure out who the head coach was going to be. It was going to take some time to figure that out and to negotiate all of the interviews that needed to transpire and figure out who your head coach was going to be. That put the assistant coaches who were in Indianapolis in a bit of a pickle in that a lot of the jobs had already been grabbed up, but they hung in, Steichen got the job, and everybody kept their jobs on the defensive side of the ball, and that is a really, really good thing. Jim Bob Cooter said that he is in complete alignment with Shane Steichen as to the qualities of a quarterback in the NFL. And as we talk about these qualities, we're going to start thinking about Will Levis, all right, who, like you watch mock drafts, I was watching on the NFL Network an hour ago, and some of those guys have Will Levis going to the Indianapolis Colts, and those qualities are accuracy, decision-making, and an ability to create. And then what Shane Steichen said is we get caught up in arm strength, meaning we shouldn't get caught up in arm strength. That's kind of Will Levis's calling card. And then he said, who makes plays with the game on the line? And that's kind of interesting because Will Levis was not a winning quarterback in high school. He was 10-10 and 10 as a starter at Xavier High School in Connecticut. I think it's in Middlebury. Will Levis is just, I keep looking for reasons to think optimistically about Will Levis as a potential starter for the Colts and a draftee of the Colts. I can't find one. He couldn't beat Sean Clifford out at Penn State. He was there three years. Couldn't beat out Sean Clifford as a starting quarterback at Penn State. If he can't beat out Sean Clifford, how the hell is he going to start in the NFL and be successful? I guess it happens. Guys blossom at, at kind of different rates. But Sean Clifford, Sean Clifford was a nice college quarterback. But he, he's... He's not a, a quality NFL starter. I, we know that. The measurables are something. So let's, like I promised, let's talk. Let, let's refer to the Our Lads scouting report uh, kind of draft. And, and you can get this online. This is a cool book. I love it. It's 36 bucks, And it, it is, it's got deep information, deep grading. Here are the goods and the bads. All right, we'll go with the goods first because it's Optimism Wednesday. Um, athletically built that supports his style of play. Thick in the right places with good twitch, explosion, and mobility. Easy arm power that can get the ball to all levels with juice. Easily launches the ball deep downfield. This is all very good. This is nice. Can still put the ball on a rope even if the lower half is not fully involved. Can flick the wrist and the ball just jumps out. Everything about his throwing motion looks strong and athletic, can maneuver through traffic with light footwork and eyes downfield. Maybe I was wrong. Maintains his level of accuracy on the move. 
will play through injury and put the team first. All right. That sounds like a guy. All right, we read on. Inconsistent accuracy and ball placement. Whoa, wait. What? Lex's consistent weight transfer will throw off his back foot at times causing erratic throws. Also can be seen throwing across his body on some throws going to his left. Almost too powerful for his own good. Lacks touch and the ability to layer the ball over linebackers. Does not play with repeatable rhythm. Confidence is shaky. Confidence is shaky. What? Simply too many turnovers that were fully on his shoulders. Will come into the league with top 10 talent for the position, but it will take a quality coaching system to bring him along slowly, but surely, if they want him to play at a dependable level of consistency. My goodness, that took a uh, turn for the worse, didn't it? My gracious. Anyway, that's Will Levis. That's not me saying it. That's the great people at Our Lads. So, hey, like I said, we did it two big brains today. And, and Dan and I spent a lot of time talking about the NFL and the NFL draft, C.J. Stroud. Go there. I'll put the link in the description of this video. We also talked about uh, Zach Eady. Dan thinks if you're an NBA team, you've got to kick the tires on this kid and evaluate him and, and do a good job of it because he may be a guy who can do some things for an NBA team. He likes him at 7-4. Good hands. Moves reasonably well, uh, no stamina issues. Maybe he would have that in the NBA, Dan said. I'm not uh, – I, I think he comes back. I think he can make more money at Purdue. That used to be a thing that we said about Kentucky. We don't say that about Kentucky anymore. I think uh, NIL deals at other schools are maybe more impactful to the lives of students than, uh, uh, than they are at Kentucky. The game has changed in college basketball. Anyway, we also talked about Draymond Green, and, and Dan thinks that he's an embarrassment to basketball and that he's an embarrassment to the Warriors as well as the NBA, and he should be suspended for the remainder of this series. This series, the Kings lead 2-0 over the Warriors, game three tomorrow night. Okay? I disagree. I think that Draymond Green is the interesting part of the only interesting series that is being played. Like, where's the friction? You need friction and conflict for drama. You cannot have drama without friction and, and without conflict. And without drama, why would we watch? Without a rooting interest, without somebody to like, but somebody to dislike as well, why would we watch? You gotta dislike somebody. I, how do you compete against somebody you kind of don't like? Am I wrong? Did you like the people that you played against? I didn't like them. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise and I played soccer against each other. He played for St. X in Louisville. I played for New Albany. I didn't like him. I didn't like a few other people, too. There were some twins from Trinity High School. I didn't like those guys. I found a reason. I, I read this about Dick Butkus when I was about 10, that Dick Butkus always found a reason to hate the people that he was playing against the week prior to playing against them. I was like, if it's good enough for Dick Butkus, it's good enough for me. I'm going to hate the people I play against. And I did. Always, I, I think we always won. We were always a winning soccer team. Should have won state when I was a junior. We didn't. That's the way it goes. Still hate those guys. 
at uh, Heritage Christian beat us in the state championship when I was a sophomore. Still hate those guys. The guys who played, not the school. John uh, Funkelmeyer, Finkelmeyer, whatever his name was. Didn't like that fella. At any rate, I need somebody to like and I need somebody to dislike. Draymond Green gave me somebody to dislike and the NBA has taken him away from me and I'm not happy about it. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. We're rolling, talking about the draft, talking about the NFL, talking about Jim Ursay's contest to pick the best or the the actual schedule in order week one through 18. So not only do you have to get the teams and the location correct, you have to get the bye week correct too. It seems like a long shot anybody is going to get this right. But if you do, you'll win a million bucks. And that's the kind of jack that could land you a Warren Zevon piano or a uh, Steve Tyler, Steven Tyler microphone or uh, maybe dinner with Steven Stills and Graham Nash and Neil Young. They'll throw in Neil Young for a couple of bucks. I can get all that done. Taking Jim Ursay's money is my dream. And because of that, I entered the contest. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, right about 6.15.